baseball season for real, for real baseball, right around the corner, a couple days in fact. This is the Stupod, the Yahoo Sports Baseball Podcast. I am Mike Oz. And I'm Chris Swick. Chris, I know you are psyched, man. I know you're ready for some real, real baseball that matters. Just a couple days away, by the time we record our next podcast, there will be actual standings that matter. And the Phillies will be mathematically eliminated from the postseason. Wow. Yeah. That's harsh, man. <laughs> okay. That's, I'm exaggerating. Not, They're not, not going to be mathematically eliminated. It's not so. particularly bold, but <laughs> it is harsh. I mean, for them to be mathematically eliminated by the first week, that that's pretty bold. All right. Fair. I'll, I'll, I'll allow it. That's a, that's a hot take, man. That's a, that, and it's actually very mathematically incorrect. It's That's impossible. Probably can't happen, but... They might be the first team mathematically eliminated at some point. So, not the most inaccurate prediction I've ever heard. So, uh, this week on the show, we are talking predictions. We're talking about the season coming up. Uh, we have Aaron Boone from ESPN joining us to go through some of his predictions and uh, talk about some of the hotter topics heading into the season. Bad News Ramen joins us, and he has predictions of his own. Although, if you know Bad News Ramen, you will know they are not... Um, common predictions your normal predictions average predictions they're 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 a little different uh chris i know you and i have been working on our predictions this week so uh i figure it's a good point to to talk just a little bit before we get to aaron boone um who's who's your who's your world series pick man let's hear it so my world series pick is the texas rangers over the san francisco giants that's a that's kind of a hot take i'm buying into the even year nonsense Right up until the World Series, and then the Texas Rangers are going to destroy that narrative. Revenge for uh, was that that 2010, right? The revenge for 2010. Yeah, yeah, it would be. Yeah. But but yeah, I think uh, if if we're going to provide a little bit of analysis, um, the Rangers kind of snuck up on people last year, and I they're not really projected all that high if you look at some of the sites that release projections. But I just keep looking at that team and seeing a ton of depth. I think. Their prospect system, especially at the top, is still pretty great, and so I feel like those guys can replace uh, ineffective or injured guys on the roster, or they could be used to make a huge move at the deadline. And so I'm just kind of I'm betting on the depth there. You're, you're expecting they're going to trade for a Rod, trade a Rod back to the to the <laughs> Exactly. Well, hey, I mean Jonathan Lucroy, he's supposed to be available, and one of the mm-hmm. Rangers' weakest spots is catcher, so. I could see that happening at some point. Um, what about you? Are you are you being as bold as I am, or are you just picking? Are you going to pick the Cubs like everyone else? I have a, I, I feel like mine is pretty bold. I'm not picking the Cubs because I think that the team that everyone expects to win never does. Um, I'm going with the Pirates. Yeah. Okay. And I, and I think the Pirates. Uh, you know, they've they've kind of had the the stumble the last few years in the wild card, but uh, they're obviously hungry. They obviously want to get past that. Um, and and I guess this is not some sort of like, you know, I have uh, a, you know, great piece of inside information about the Pirates that I think is going to make them a World Series winner. It's more just that I, I know they're a good team. I mean, they proved it last year. Um, but I just kind of feel like in baseball, I mean, you never know, man. And so it, it, I guess it's almost like instead of why the Pirates, like why not the Pirates? Like why not? I mean, they got Andrew McCutcheon, one of the best players in the league. Uh, they, they seem to get the most out of their pitchers every year. I think Garrett Cole is going to step up and be a, a Cy Young-type pitcher this year. Um, and a lot of this, I, f- I feel like Gregory Polanco is going to break out this season. So if that happens, I think it makes the, the Pirates a more compelling team. 
So I, I just kind of feel like they're, it's usually a team like that, that that you know is good, but you're thinking is not like at the top, you know, top three or four team. But, you know, they're kind of just hanging out down there. I don't know, man. I have a good feeling about the Pirates this year for whatever reason. I feel like doing the NL was a little bit harder, at least for me. And I don't know if you agree, but I, to come up with five teams to make the playoffs, you're definitely leaving out one or two uh, teams that are definitely good enough. And so I, I just remember looking at my NL when I initially did it, and I'm like, oh, I left this team out. Is that is that right? Did I did I make a mistake somewhere? Should I change this? Did you did you run into the same thing? Yeah, I mean, there's it's weird. Like the the bottom of the NL is just a mess, right? And like there's there's a bunch of teams you can just chop off, being like, eh, no, 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 you know, these these teams are not making it at all. The top is there's there's some good teams, and the AL is like wide open. I feel like I feel like there's I mean AL Central specifically, but even the the East and the West, I mean, there's only a couple teams that aren't in it. So um, it's, it's a pretty fascinating field this year. And I I really went back and forth on a few things, like, as I was making my picks. Um, I would say particularly in the NL West and uh, particularly in the AL East. Those are the two places where I feel like I had the most, um, uh, the most hand-wringing to do. And I'll give you one one of my I guess more bold predictions too. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, I was gonna ask. Yeah, yeah. And that is that the uh, I don't think the Dodgers are gonna make the playoffs this year. I think, I think the Dodgers are a team that uh, you know we've already seen them kind of stumble with their pitching, and and I think uh, they definitely have some some problems there, and injuries could could uh, really hurt them. And I think if you know if Yasiel Puig doesn't rebound, all of a sudden their offense is not looking great, and I, uh, I'm just, I'm just not high on the Dodgers, man. I think you and I might agree on that. I feel like the Dodgers were left off in my predictions as well. Um, I would say my hottest take on the, on the AL side is I don't have the Houston Astros in the playoffs, Ooh. Uh, which was not something I expected to happen when I initially was putting it together. But my love of the Rangers apparently has, has forced out the Astros. So I don't I don't know how I feel about it. I mean, they're definitely viewed, I think, as an easy top three team in the AL. Uh, so I feel like it's risky. I, I, we should say all of our, our full predictions are coming out Friday, uh, Monday. So yes. we're not we're not giving away the whole thing here, but uh, you know we're we're giving you a little bit, a little bit. So keep keep an eye out for those. But uh, we are going to talk to Aaron Boone right now about uh, some of, some of the things he has on his mind heading into the season and uh, first game. I mean this this Sunday. Royals and Mets, I think it's going to be a good one. Um, so let's talk to Aaron Boone. We'll talk to Bad News Ramen, then we'll come back, and uh, Chris and I will will join up again for some important questions. This is the Stew Pod. Stay tuned. We are back on the Stew Pod. We are uh, happy today to have Aaron Boone joining us to talk about the upcoming MLB season. Aaron, of course, is uh, one of the longtime announcers on ESPN, announcer and analyst. And this year, uh, Sunday Night Baseball is where you can find him. Uh, so we'll talk about that, talk about the season and, and some other fun stuff. First off, Aaron, how's it going, man? I'm doing really good. Really excited to, uh, as I know you guys are, uh, just to get this season started. You know, this time it's 
your spring spring training gets a little long, and it's time to uh, to do it for real. And we're getting really excited for that. Yeah, us too. Uh, I'm going to start off right with the big question because I think I, I think you know we'll just swing right for the fences. Who do you think is going to win the World Series this year? Well, I had to turn in my picks this morning, actually, and uh, I went with the Houston Astros. Nice. I have the Astros beating the San Francisco Giants. Um, so th- that's where I'm at today. Uh, but, y- you know, obviously uh, there's a lot of teams that uh, that have a realistic chance at that goal. You know, the way I look at it, you know, there's probably about, you know, 20 teams or so that, you know, you could certainly make a pretty strong case that if things break right for them, that you know they they would have a chance of being that team standing at the end. So, Aaron, when you're going through making your picks this morning, uh, was there any team that stood out to you that you thought, wow, you know, this team is is probably better than a lot of people expect? Well, the team better than expect, I think, is the Mariners. I, I picked them for a wild card spot. Um, I think their lineup and their matchup potential uh, within the lineup, you know, they have some good left-right op- uh, options to go against right or left-handed pitching. Um, I think their lineup's going to be really strong. And then if you have a guy like Taiwan Walker kind of realize his potential and take another step in his development and become a real, you know, a real guy in that rotation, um, I question their bullpen a lot. Um, I think that's something that's got to come together and, and, and probably improve over the course of the year from where they are right now. But I think that's certainly a team that can surprise. And I don't know if it's a big surprise because a lot of te- a lot of people seem to be on them, but the Diamondbacks, I-, I think they have a chance to be a great team. I love their depth. I love their athleticism. Obviously, obviously with the two big additions to their rotation and Granke and Miller and with Patrick Corbin, uh, now a full year removed from, from that Tommy John surgery, I think they have a chance to be to not only win the West and, and maybe beat out the Dodgers or the Giants in that division, but but certainly be a team that um, uh, we're talking about down the stretch. He's with me, Chris. See, I know you don't believe in the Diamondbacks, but I do. <laughs> I believe. Well, well, I, I mean, on the on the flip side of that, uh, are there any are there any teams getting a lot of hype this season that you just you don't see it yet? Um, you know, I think it's the Dodgers. Um, you know, I think a lot of people are down on them right now just because, I mean, obviously they lose, they lose Granky to a division rival. Um, you know, they, they made the bet on depth. They're betting on their depth. And they've already had to tap into quite a bit of that depth already in spring training with some significant injuries that, you know, maybe they weren't counting on. So that depth is going to be put to the test early. Um, you know, I, I just think right now I look at it and I feel like the Diamondbacks and the Giants feel like better teams to me. The one thing about the Dodgers that if they are able to get a little healthier, obviously, as the season goes along, and assuming they're right there, um, you know, they certainly have the financial wherewithal and the and the minor league system to go out and make that move that they're going to have to make at some point come trade deadline. I think they're better positioned perhaps than any other team to get what they need at the trade deadline. So that's where the Dodgers, but right now, I, I just, man, it, it doesn't feel real good to me. I'm feeling good about my picks after talking to you, so <laughs> I'm going I'm to hang on to that for a while. Um, I want to move on to some players a little bit. Can, can you think of a couple players that you're expecting to have breakout seasons this year and 
Um, I mean, not to say like who's going to be this year's Bryce Harper, but I mean, a couple players. You mentioned Taiwan Walker, uh, a couple more that you think might, you know, by October we're going to be like, yeah, that guy really improved his his uh, place in baseball. Yeah. Um, so I think Rugnet Odor, for the second baseman for the for the Rangers, I think you're going to see the start of a multiple all-star type player. Uh, you know, I think he's going to be an all-star caliber this year. And I think that's going to continue for several seasons now. I think he's just a frontline uh, elite offensive second baseman. I think that's what he's about to embark on. Uh, Michael Franco, Franco for the, for the Phillies, obviously the Phillies in, in full rebu- rebuilding mode now, but I think he's going to prove to be, you know, that cornerstone guy that they build around going forward. I think he burst on, you know, he, he had a big season, big second half last year, but I think this year he puts it together and has a monster offensive season for them. Um, Trevor Story for Colorado, he's my pick for National League Rookie of the Year. Um, I think everyone's going to know his name by the middle of the year. Uh, you know, kind of out of that too low mode, um, I think the power's going to play. Obviously, being an offensive player playing in Colorado is going to help. Um, but those, you know, those would be definitely a few guys that I'm looking for to have big seasons. Uh, we saw a lot of people change teams. Obviously, a lot of money spent this uh, this off season. If you if you're trying to pick out one move that you think is going to pay off the most, which do you think it will be? Well, since I guess. I'll stay in the National League West and, and just say the the Granky move to a team that's very athletic on both sides of the ball, but certainly a team that was needing an ace. Um, I would say that that's a big move, um, and I'll keep it pitcher. Go to the East. I, I have the Red Sox as a as a wild card team, and I think David Price going there and anchoring now that rotation, I think, will pay huge dividends. Um, and then also in the National League West with the Giants. I, I, I think Samarja goes there and becomes that pitcher a lot of people envisioned. Um, I think he does that in San Francisco. And I think so long as Johnny Cueto can stay healthy, I think he gives them a dynamic one-two punch with, with Madison Bumgarner at the top. Well, Aaron, I know you're excited. I know Mike and I are really excited for the first Sunday night baseball game. And so let's... Let's break that down a little bit. On the Mets side, I think everybody knows of this exceptional pitching staff that they've put together. You know, if, if you were still playing and, and in your prime, how would you prepare to, to approach for these guys? <laughs> I might, uh, my hammy might be a little tight for that <laughs> series. No, um, yeah, it's, it's remarkable. The, the, you know, just the power pitching that they've, they've been able to assemble and develop and not and and then meet and even surpass expectations so far early in their career. You know, it's one thing to be this big pitching prospect, but for all of them to really, you know, really over deliver in, in so far in their young careers um, has been remarkable. And, and they're all a little bit different. Um, and, and the fact that you could have Wheeler come back at some point and, and slot in, uh, you know, midway through the year. You know, it's an embarrassment of riches, so to speak. But, you know, they're and while they're all power pitchers, they're all a little bit different. Obviously, Matt's gives you the left-handed look uh, to, to break up all the righties. But you think of Noah Syndergaard, I think of just that classic 
um, you know, if if you're scouting, you know, what do you want out of a pitcher? You want this big, right-handed, just leverage the ball downhill, power pitcher, you know, attitude on the mound, smooth, silky delivery. Um, and then you got Jacob DeGrom, who's a little more, um, you know, also a, obviously a power pitcher, not quite as big as uh, Syndergaard, um, you know, more of a guy that just, I think, just commands his fastball, a different plane, not so much, not as much downhill as the other two guys, but just still electric stuff. And then Harvey is a little different, you know, shorter strides than the other two. Um, so he, he, I think he creates a really nice downhill angle based on just being a shorter strider. And then the mix of the four pitches, fastball, slider, curveball, and change, that he kind of leans on equally, kind of spreads spreads the distribution of those pitches around. Um, but a different look even than the other two, even though they're all power righties, uh, even though the three of them are power righties, Harvey's a little different look being a shorter strider and a different angle coming in. Let's look at the other side of it now, the Royals. Obviously, the two World Series champions uh, were in the World Series the year before. Good team. Uh, it seems like people still don't want to believe they're a good team, though. Uh, you know, the projections some of them this year have them in last place or not making the playoffs under 500. Uh, why, why do you think it is that people continue to underestimate the Royals? Well, because, you know, I think over the past, really, 20 years, but but over the course of time in baseball, when you, you know, when you think of the great teams, you think of outstanding starting rotation. And that's the one area where the Royals – are, are the most questionable, you know, they're, you know, certainly they have good starting pitchers, but it, but you don't look at them and think, Oh, this is a dominating rotation. Um, you know, they do it more with supreme athleticism, outstanding defense, obviously a team that in a day and age where, you know, guys struggle to put the ball in play consistently. They're a team that puts the ball in play, um, has a number of tough outs, uh, up and down the lineup. Um, you know, we saw last year at the end of the season and, and into the playoffs and in the World Series, Alex Gordon hit eight. You know, I think kind of epitomizes their lineup. A lot of interchangeable parts. And then what's become, you know, this monster of a bullpen where, you know, if they get a lead after six or seven, you know, they've been able to close it out better than anyone. Um, so, you know, I, I picked them to win the Central uh, this year, but, you know, Based on the rotation and it being a little more ordinary than you think with great teams, it was a reluctant pick. I think the the American League Central, very much top to bottom, could be a wide open division. Um, but I went with the Royals just based now on that track record, the confidence that they have, and and you know this team that still plays with a chip on its shoulder that wants to prove again to people that that are doubting them that, that hey they are the class of the American League. Well, Aaron, I think, you know, one of the big things that people are already talking about and I feel like maybe might define this season is Bryce Harper's recent comments saying baseball was a tired game. Um, what's your stance on that? Do you agree with him? <laughs> no, I don't think it's a tired game. Um, uh, I love it. I mean, I, I've loved it since I was a kid. Um, it's certainly changed and evolved a little bit. Um you know, obviously those comments come around the whole goose gossage and the bat flipping and, and all this. And, and I think it's all, 
you know, it's all fun to talk about, but I think it's nonsense. I, I, I think <laughs> way too often we worry, you know, what the other guy's doing. And, and I think there's certainly a place for, you know, the bat flips and the celebrations and the guys showing genuine emotion. I, I think it's great. And, you know, getting back to Jose Bautista in the, in the playoffs, you know, it's the second biggest home run in the history of Toronto Blue Jay baseball. And, you know, I thought it was an awesome, raw, emotional moment for, um, you know, a city that had completely caught fire for baseball and a team that was, you know, in the middle of a, of an awesome run. And, uh, you know, so I think people need to get over themselves a little bit and, and, and allow people to, uh, genuinely enjoy big moments that come up in our sport. Aaron, I mean, you hit a pretty famous postseason home run. I mean, you know, right up there with Bautista, I think, in, in you know, sort of one day the history books. Um, I, I went back and looked. I mean, I don't, I, I wouldn't consider what you did a bat flip, but um, <laughs> I mean, you kind of, you kind of held it out there a little bit, watched the ball go over and then kind of dropped the bat. Um, but I mean, in the, in that moment, can can you talk about like how how can you sum up like the the feeling there and sort of the emotional um, process you go through and and to say like okay, well, I'm a baseball player, so I, I can't really celebrate this or or like whatever, man. I just hit this great home run. Of course, I'm going <laughs> to celebrate it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, when you're talking about in the moment and and the emotions of a playoff game and a you know. You don't know what you – I don't remember it at all. You know, I, I mean, I've never had that reaction on a home run. Who knows what I would do the next time. I mean, it's just – it's something that you don't script. You don't know what the heck you're doing. And I think that's the case actually with Jose Bautista. I mean, I, I just think it was such a, a big moment in, in Blue Jay history and, and what that team was going through and the time of the game and – so you don't script those things. You don't, you know, figure them out ahead of time. You just kind of go. And, you know, I learned more from watching the video of all that um, and seeing my reaction. And, you know, it's the emotion of, of sports and, and big-time moments. Yeah, and I think, you know, the, the thing with Batista and also with, with your hit is – uh, personally, I just don't think you can blame the player for for celebrating that moment. It's a huge moment. Um, obviously, there there's a line at some point where maybe that celebration becomes it goes too far. And so, what what's your opinion on that? I mean, where is that line between celebrating and then showing up a, an opponent? Yeah, there's definitely a, there would be a line for me. I mean, I I don't know exactly how to articulate what the line is i mean if a guy's being a complete clown and in you know in a you know blowout game in the middle of the summer you know like yeah there's always a line and usually players are very good at policing that and players within your own team are very good at policing those kind of things and um but i don't know how to voice you know to you where that line is you know I, I can definitely come across it and say you know that's bush league or that's tired there is that line for me but i think sometimes guys get hard and fast on you can't do this you can't do that and i think that that's kind of ridiculous 
People flipped their bat before, though. I mean, Ricky Henderson used to used to celebrate probably more crazy than people do today. You know, sometimes. Uh, but it just seems like today this this seems like such a big deal. Is, is there a reason you think that that this conversation has sort of um, been what it is in these past couple of years? Yeah, I don't know. I, you know, I, maybe with the with the onset, you know, there's so much media coverage. Obviously, every you know single at bat of every game of the season is, is on and recorded and, and able to draw it up. Unlike the past, um, you know, even in spring training. So it's probably just, you know, more of more media coverage, more attention, you know, it crosses line into the other sports, you know, football and what's okay with celebrations and basketball and the whole nine yards. So it's, I, I think as a sport, sports in general, it's become kind of a topic. So, you know, and then you have some epic moments in playoffs where where things happen, and um, so maybe that's why it's become a conversation. And it certainly is different than it was in the last generation or twenty years ago. Certainly, thirty, forty years ago, these things continue to evolve and change. And a lot of times, people from those past generations that play, where it's completely different, have a hard time with that and 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 don't don't like it because it's not the way they did it or they played it and 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 i say you know to that get over yourself a little bit (laughs) aaron this season uh in the booth you'll be working with jessica mendoza and um among some fans she's she's become a polarizing personality mainly because everyone's going to have their opinion so i wanted to ask from somebody who actually knows and has worked with her um you know what takeaways do you have what how does she prepare what's it been like working with her thus far yeah funny funny knowing her now um that she's polarizing that sounds a little funny because she's such she's such a great person and um you know work ethic off the charts you know obviously a tremendous resume albeit in softball you know she was you know, one of the greats and a gold medalist and all that. So um, I'm really excited um, because I think I think she'll change some people's opinion that maybe are on the negative side. Like, oh, how could this? How could this be? I think over time, she's not going to win everyone over because those that are just not having it are just not going to have it. But I think she'll win a lot of people over with her. First of all, her personality and how she is and her delivery on the air and just. I she I think over time people will understand this is she's really likable. Now on top of that, they're going to see someone that works hard. Her work ethic is tremendous, and we've seen it. I've, I've seen it a ton already this winter, and just how invested she is. But then I think people are going to really start to appreciate her. She really knows a lot about hitting, and she knows hitting mechanics. She knows um, she can talk hitting. She can talk hitting intimately with guys. Um, before and after and and all around the game, she understands, and I think, frankly, could teach hitting. Um, she she's that knowledgeable, and I think now as the season unfolds, her knowledge of the game of baseball will just continue to grow in other areas. But um, I think by season's end, she'll have won a lot of the naysayers, if whatever left of them they are. I think she'll win a lot of them over. One of the big complaints, and I've, I've... I've talked to Jessica. We've we've I've written about her, and, and I've had a number of people uh, 
you know, email me their outrage about her. Um, and, and one of the big complaints is always that, she, you know, she got she's getting this opportunity because she's a woman when there's, you know, all these guys out there who would be better. And and going back to last year, when, when she kind of took over in, in the end for, for Schilling, um, I mean, in theory, that could have been you. Like, they could have picked you instead of her. Um, mm-hmm. lo- looking at that situation, did, did you... Did you look at that way or did you say, hey, well, she, I mean, obviously it was a great addition and she deserved it. Yeah, I mean, I certainly understood that it could have been me, but I've never been that kind of person that's, you know, I feel like, you know, you'll get to where you're going based on over time on what you bring to the table and your merits. And the fact is she brings a lot to the table. And and I think people are going to more and more as they give her a chance, we'll see that. Um, so, yeah, I understood that it could have been me, but it wasn't a slam dunk at the time, and it and and that's okay. And I never got into this business after playing to, you know, I need to climb to a certain point. I like being involved in getting the opportunity to cover games and have a voice in these games, and it keeps me connected to the game I love. So... Um, you know, whether that was Monday night, Sunday night or whatever, yes, I'm excited about the opportunity and I understand it's a bigger stage moving to Sunday night, but I wouldn't have really lost that much sleep one way or the other had I been, you know, going back to covering games on a weekly basis on a Monday night. I love the game. I love being a part of it. I love trying to articulate what I'm watching, um, you know, more and more in a, in a more, concise manner that's understandable for for the viewer and for the sports fan and for the baseball fan. Aaron, what what is your preparation for each game? Because obviously you're doing weekly broadcasts, so are you the type of person who Sunday night, immediately after the game ends, you're suddenly looking at rosters for next week? Do you give yourself a couple hours of, of break time there? How do you prepare, I guess, each day leading up to a game? Um. Yeah, I, so I'll, I would say when people ask me about my preparation, I, I pay attention to baseball every day. You know, I love following it. I, I'm, I love following box scores. I have a fantasy baseball team. And, and, and that actually, someone gave me that advice. Eduardo Perez actually said when I got into this, he says, do a fantasy baseball team. Get in a fantasy baseball league. And he was right. I, not only is it fun to manage and, you know, control a roster and do all that, but it, 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 I find myself following the sport um, and box scores and what's going on on a nightly basis with a little more interest several times a day. You're just always checking scores, always following. So I'm always, you know, not necessarily sitting down and watching a full game all the time, um, but I, consume baseball every day you know whether i'm in my car listening to a baseball show or or you know in the evening when we're having dinner or running kids to practice or whatever there's a game on the tv you know i'm watching highlights things like that um the one thing i try and make sure i do every week is once we have an idea of who the starting pitchers are going to be for our game i will watch their outing so you know i'll go back and 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 watch and and just go through their outing and see how they're throwing the ball. But, you know, my prepper, and then, and then we have our meetings and, and the, and the stat stuff that rolls in, um, that we certainly read and go over. But for the most part, I just find my preparation is my daily 
living and consuming uh, of baseball. And so when you saw the, the schedule for Sunday Night Baseball this season, were there any teams or particular players that where you're circling the calendar saying, oh, I can't wait because I, I really want to call this guy's game or I want to see this team really badly this year? Not necessarily. You know, I, I understand that, you know, for the most part, we're going to do the teams that are that are having good years and the bigger teams, um, you know, are usually going to be on our airwaves and certainly on Sunday night. So I get excited for all of it. You know, I, I love covering the different teams and going to the different cities and going to the different ballparks and seeing the different fan bases. So, um, you know, one of the things Dan Schulman and I, we've done the last two postseasons together through the World Series on radio. So one of the things we were looking at last last year in the postseason, we're like, how about this? The opener could be uh, or is going to be Mets-Royals, and, and as the postseason unfolded, obviously it's turning out to be a World Series rematch. So um, while, while that was a crazy coincidence, it was something we were keeping an eye on in the postseason, and I think something now – uh, that's that's finally upon us. We're getting really excited to see such a great matchup with with Harvey and Volquez, and and obviously a World Series rematch. Hey, Aaron, we we appreciate the time, man. Thanks for thanks for spending some time with us, breaking down the season, and uh, we'll encourage people. We'll be watching. Everyone else should go watch Sunday Night Baseball, ESPN, Royals and Mets. I think uh, gonna be a lot to watch for, man. And uh, same thing going throughout the year. So thank you for spending some time with us. We really appreciate it. Thanks for having me, guys. Enjoy the season. Welcome back to the Stew Pod. We are following up uh, Aaron Boone with another immortal. Bad news, Ramen. The immortal. The <laughs> immortal. I'm, I'm going to have to apologize for all the background noise. I'm sitting in the parking lot waiting for my older kid to get out of school. So there's some uh, some girl over here practicing her violin. Uh, there's a bunch of uh, there's a bunch of kids walking around making a lot of noise. I mean, what I really wanted to do was I wanted to, instead of saying the immortal, I, just, I wanted to have like my first thing I say on this part of the podcast was go like, Big Mac ass! But I didn't want to scare everybody. So, um there might be a case where there might be some moms walking by and going and calling the cops going like, yeah, this guy uh, says, uh, I'm, I'm worried about this guy named Cole Hamels. I don't know who he is, but this guy is, doesn't like him at <laughs> he all. Just keeps, he just keeps <laughs> talking crap about Cole Hamels, this guy in the car. Cole, yeah, Cole Hamels. Yeah, Cole Hamels sucks. Dude. <laughs> so uh, this is a little segment we do called Three Strikes so with uh, Bad News Ramen. And uh, the rest of the show, as you guys have heard, we're doing some prediction stuff. So I think... He has some predictions. They may not be the most traditional predictions, I guess I would say. But uh, let's see what you got, man. Let's strike one. Well, I predict that this is going to be the best segment of your show. Um, <laughs> and and you know, big ups to uh, bringing over Aaron Boone. Uh, you know, hit that hit that great uh, home run in the playoffs against the Red Sox off of uh, the knuckleballer Tim Wakefield. Yep. And uh, I was writing uh, I was writing headlines back then. I was designing the sports page and. I have to apologize because uh, my headline was kaboom. Get it? Like <laughs> instead of kaboom, but a, but I stole it. But I pun. stole it. I stole it because when his brother uh, uh, was it Brett Boone? Brett Boone, yeah. Yeah, when he would hit a home run, uh, 
the announcer would always say kaboom. So I was like, oh, here, this is a good one. And, and my editor was like, man, that's that, that's fire right there. And I was like, <laughs> kaboom. So, fire so emoji. I, I, I'm, co- I'm coming clean. I'm coming clean that I that I ripped it off someone else. But confessions uh, are good, man. My uh, well, you, you you bite off of me all all the time, and and look where you are now. And and I'm I'm a uh, I'm I'm a uh, you, you wine dine with kings and queens, and I'm in the gutter eating ports and beans. So uh, <laughs> I stole that from Dusty Rhodes. So there you go. <laughs> I'm full of it today, baby. You know, this this, this girl playing Twinkle Twinkle Little Store uh, next to me on her violin is really inspiring me. So, <laughs> um, my first uh, strike. Strike one. There we go. Yeah. A little, a little bit. I, mi- I missed the beat while. there for a second. I uh, I predict that this year that I will not watch uh, one second of ESPN's MLB Baseball Tonight. Um, I hate that show. Aaron and, Boone, uh, don't listen to this part of the podcast, man. Yeah, don't don't listen. It has nothing to do with Aaron Boone. I, I just it's it's more kind of the whole East Coast. I want. I, I'm not a big person saying there's an East Coast bias, but I really believe that um, ESPN's uh, baseball really doesn't follow the whole league and i'm not i'm not crying about the west coast um you know i'm I'm having visions of a big and tupac right now but i mean just in general right like like kansas city royals like you know they won the world series espn probably devoted maybe 10 minutes to it you know so uh i I just think it's it's not reflective of baseball i am i am very glad that mlb has its own network and whenever i switch to cable providers which i tend to do a lot i make sure that i do have the mlb uh network channel uh, because they go all around the league, they don't have to crunch everything in like 40 minutes and then talk about Barry Bonds, you know, crossing the street or something. So, um, I also will will venture to say that there was no worse the other, there was no worse color analyst than uh, Fernando Vina back in the day. Uh, I, I'm I'm not a big proponent of of baseball players, you know, having a cup of coffee and going like, oh, I want to be on TV. It's like it takes it takes a lot of hard work. And you know, Boone, I I don't I really don't watch him, but. Um, I, if, if I was to, to make a judgment about him, I, I bet you he does a, a ton of homework and he tries to be the best that he can because the guy's scrapped all his life to be a, a, a serviceable second baseman. Um, but for the most part, you know, I just I don't like the guys that just come in and, and when they when they turn it over to him, they're like, yeah, they're good. And I, I remember like Fernando Vina actually one time uh, they asked him like, well, what makes this guy such a good hitter? He's like, he's like, because he can hit. I'm like, yeah, Fernando. Yeah, good, good there, dude. Hey, <laughs> you have an impeccable goatee. And uh, I like your double-breasted suit, and uh, you, you look like a cardboard action figure. So, um, not a big fan of uh, MLB baseball tonight. But, for but, ESPN. What, but what you want to see? So, you, basically, you want to see more Cole Hamels. You want to see that that middle of the country. No, nah. no, no. Well, Texas. You put know, that well, on you, man. You, you did put it on me, but yeah, you, yeah. you got me on that yeah. one. But um, yeah. the less I see of Cole Hamels, the better. <laughs> What's strike two? Uh, strike two is uh, I predict that every single city that Jackie Robinson ever played in is going to issue a public apology like Philadelphia did recently. Um, I think this is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. I, I don't understand why like a, a city council will, will come out and say like, we apologize for what we did. Well, you didn't do it. I mean, this was back in the, back in the fifties or the forties or wherever the heck it was. Um, it is earlier than that. Um, but it's just, I don't know what it is. It, it doesn't, it's just a stupid kind of gimmick. It's a ploy to get publicity and, uh, the whole thing is that, you know, like, and I don't mean to be crass about this, but Jack Robinson is dead. Okay. I mean, all you got to say is like, hey, <laughs> we messed up. Uh, you know, it, it was, it, well, you can't even say we because you weren't, you weren't alive during that time. I mean, it's, it's just, I, I get tired of the, all the PC garbage that you have to deal with all the time, right? It's like, well, probably, we came out. 
It's because they got this documentary coming out. I bet you. I mean, I bet you that's why. Well, and that that and they got like the forty forty two really uh, kind of you know it was the Philadelphia manager and stuff. And I and I, I saw the movie and I thought the the movie played really well. And it, and the the movie kind of I didn't come out of that movie going like man, the Philadelphia Phillies are the worst organization in baseball. You know, what they should do is they should go, you know what, uh, the city of Philadelphia should issue a public apology uh, for the Phillies sucking so bad, right? And it's like, <laughs> I, why do I have to see them on ESPN's baseball tonight when, when they're terrible? And, and uh, they're, they're talking about Ryan Howard and they're talking about days past and all this stuff. It, I don't want to see them. I don't want to see the Philadelphia Phillies on any national broadcast. It's a waste of my time. So you're Clayton. saying you're saying Philadelphia has other things to apologize for, and in Philadelphia Phillies is being one of them, <laughs> and uh, ha- having to watch uh, Roy Hall- Holiday pitch his last couple of years in Philadelphia, even though it was great, it's like you know, like you couldn't give them to the Yankees. I mean, I could have used them on the Yankees, so yeah, and and, and that and being subjected to to uh, Ryan Howard and about how everybody says you know how great he was and stuff. I knew Ryan Howard sucked way back when too. I mean power hitter uh the, the only good semblance of any type of player they had was chase utley and uh that's pretty much it and jimmy rollins yeah i mean well, cole hamels cole hamels cole hamels sucked cole hamels listen listen i'll tell you this right now cole hamels when, when they won their their first world series or whatever it was he was the man i mean he he was he was on fire yeah probably like what 19 and 7 or whatever it was he was like one of the best pitchers in baseball and i'm saying this right now but you know what thank you for 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 giving me Cole Hamels now, and you should apologize for me now to pump up Cole Hamels to say how great Cole Hamels is when he's not that good of a pitcher anymore. I've just I've just tried to make an effort to make sure you diss Cole Hamels like like six times in this segment, just just to fulfill what you said at the beginning. I, w- I want to give you the the softballs so you can knock them out of the park. Yeah, the the, the hanging the <laughs> hanging uh the, you are going to give me the hanging uh, Cole Hamels uh, twelve to six cur- curveball, and I, I'm knocking it out of the park. And and the giant and the giants suck too. So there we go. Let's strike three. So strike three is up to you. You guys are doing all these predictions, and and I, I'm hoping it's not. Uh, you didn't kind of do like because I've been having to listen to the radio. Uh, you know, Jim Rome is is on vacation this week, and I had an episode like yesterday where they're picking like the rookie of the year, and the, I mean it wasn't so much like that, right? You guys had a little bit of fun with it, right? Uh, well, I mean, we you know we asked Aaron Boone some pretty general questions, but uh, yeah, Chris and I had a little more fun. But but I, I don't know. I feel like there's one question, man. This is this is really the only question. He sucks. There we go. Okay. Are the are the Cubs going to win the World Series? No, the Cubs will not win the World Series. They're, they're just they, uh, you know, Arietta. Uh, Arietta had a great year last year. Um, uh, he has to put it. He has to put it together again. I mean, I'm not sold that Arietta is one of the best pitchers in baseball. I think he's a. I think he's a really good pitcher. But you have to do it. You know, you have to do it two years in a row to to start being in the in the mention of being kind of like a a main Cy Young type level type guy. Um, I think they. I think they're really young. Uh, J, J, they they have Jason Hayward, right? They do. Yeah, he sucks. So, <laughs> so, so he's not going to do anything. Um, you know, I, it's just, I, I really want to kind of. I, I don't. I, I know about the big names, but I think you know you still kind of need, need the little things. I think they're too young right now. I mean, when their backs up are against the wall, like they were last year in the playoffs. Um, I don't think that you learn from it from one season. I, I think it's just kind of a case where you have to see how these guys play out. You had a lot of guys like Addison Russell had a great year. Uh, Chris Bryant uh, had had the year that he had. Uh, but, 
you, you have to do it. I and mean, there has to be consistency. And I think there's too many question marks right now. They, they, are, they have a good front office. The front office is, is pointing in the right direction. I still think they have growing pains. I think this year is going to be a growing pain. And I, I really hope that I'm wrong because I think that's what baseball needs. I mean, I, I'm, I'm looking at kind of your, your video series that you're doing with um, – where former baseball player or baseball players right now open up uh, baseball cards from from like 1991 or whatever, yeah, and just the players that are coming out of there, man, they it's, that was such a bad time in baseball. No, no star power. I think uh, uh, I, I can't even remember the guy's name. I, I'm 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 Ken Griffey Jr. Not Ken, not Ken Griffey Jr. Uh, Cal it was a uh, Cal Ripken, yeah. Cal Ripken, that year that he won the MVP, I think he had like 25 home runs. And it's like, I'm like, that's your MVP. <laughs> I got to hit 25 home runs. I mean, but those are good numbers back then. Uh, you know, this year you have guys like the Cubs. Um, and, you know, I'm a big fan of the Astros. I don't think the Astros, I, I think the Astros are going are gonna to face some problems as well. I don't, th- I don't think they're a favorite by any means. Um, the team that I am kind of looking at that I think can, can do some do some stuff will be Toronto just because – they're in the AL East and they're the best hitting club in the AL East, which is generally known for having great offenses. Um, and they show that last year as well, that they came out on top in a very tough division. And I think with them, they have enough, a good mix of veteran players. They have some young players in Devin Travis that, uh, was hurt last year. Um, I think he's going to be really good this year. Uh, they're, they, they've to me have kind of gone through the growing pains. I think it's going to be tough for, uh, a team like the Cubs um, to kind of repeat what they've done. Everything kind of came together for them. Uh, and they really they really had a chance to go farther in the playoffs. But once they had that kind of adversity, they fell apart a little bit. So um, I think their skipper's good. I, everything is there for the Cubs. They have a good front office. They're pointing in the right direction. Uh, give them – I, I want to give them probably – give them like a couple more years and just be patient with them. Don't – I mean, I don't want the Cubs fans to to get down on them if they start doing bad or if they lose, like, you know, say they make the playoffs and they and they lose a, a division round. I mean, it's, all the pieces are there. Don't break up that, that nucleus that you have. Um, and I think in the next three, four years, you know, lo and behold, I think you can actually say Cubs are going to be world champions. Well, for this year at least, expectations are sky high. I tend to believe with you, believe you that uh, agree with you that it's not going to happen this year. But uh, we'll see, man. Thanks, Bad News Ramen, for joining us for another edition of Three Strikes, and we'll uh, we'll talk to you, and the people will talk to you or hear from you next week, sir. to the stew pod me and chris back here with you and uh chris bad news ramen really hates cole hamels he he i think at least seven times during that last segment said bad things about cole hamels i want to know how you reconcile that against your rangers world series pick i don't think we found a player bad news ramen likes so i'm not too concerned about it he hates everybody he's (laughs) equal opportunity hater he was complimentary Uh, toward aaron boone oh (laughs) Well, okay, current, we'll go with current player. So I, yeah, I feel likes, okay about it. My opinion like not changed. Uh, he, I mean, he has to like... Oh, no, he likes Carlos Correa. He loves Carlos Correa, so there you go. But then again, you're, you don't, you're not picking the Astros to go to the playoffs. So we, we may just have to set up a, a, a hell in the cell between Chris and Bad News Ramen. Hey, I'm good with that. He, he'd whoop you, by the way, just for the if you If you come out from underneath the ring with a chair, which one of us are you hitting with it? <laughs> oh man <laughs> that's a good introduction to, to important questions isn't it yeah 
Uh, I don't know, Chris. I mean, all right. Well, you you think about it. I'll give you some time. I'll try and butter you up between now and when I make you answer. <laughs> so I know you have an important. You have a couple important questions, right? So you go ahead and, and get get us going down that path. Well, I'll start with uh, I guess the goofier one first. Um, I have my final fantasy baseball draft tonight, and. Uh, as you know, yesterday on the, on the site, I wrote up my 10 breakout players for this season. Yeah. And this is kind of my first year doing that thing. I, I think last year I joined the stew in late March. So I don't even, I don't know that I did that. So now that's out there for everyone to see everyone who's in my league. They now know my breakout players and, uh, you've probably dealt with this thing. Well, you have dealt with this thing for much longer than I have. So how should I deal with that? Well, Depends how conniving you are. If if you were if you were super conniving fantasy baseball player, you would have written like just dudes you don't think are going to break out to put in there, and just to fool your draft people. No, I'm honest. I, that, I that would be... that would make you a really crappy baseball blogger. Right, I but... have to be good to the people. <laughs> okay, well, that, I mean, I mean that that's the most conniving thing you could do. Um, uh, I I will say this though, and I, I think Scott Pianowski said this in the podcast last week or last week he was on right. Mm-hmm. I see. I don't in fantasy baseball. Like I, I try not to depend too much on the breakout guys. Like I've, I've, I've getting got burnt by that before. You know, I think it, it's good to depend on one or two guys, but I, I like to go for proven commodities. Um, not to say that I avoid the late the late round flyer on on somebody, but um, so I, I just I just I just don't play that game, Chris. I, I go for the the proven dudes. All right, so I'll just take boring old Brett Gardner tonight and. We'll oh, call you, it. We'll you, call you're it dissing me because I because I drafted Brett Gardner oh, you, this week. You yeah. did, yeah. I forgot. I actually forgot about that. He Ugh. was the most boring fantasy yeah, person. I, I can think. I had of. a I had a pretty uh, I had a pretty rough draft this week where I ended up with <laughs> Brett Gardner as my best outfielder. It was it was rough, man. My pitching's right. good though. My pitching's oh, good. Go ahead. No, that's it. That's it. Go ahead. Uh, well, I feel like you've satisfied that answer already. All right, good. All so right. here's here's the more serious question, and it's. I gotta say, it's not really all that original, but I asked you earlier this week about uh, who's the best in the rap game right now. Okay, yeah. if you recall, I did I did that in a text message, so no one else saw that. And what I was thinking is, you know, who who's got the belt? And so in a in a in the baseball world, we're about to begin the regular season. Who has the baseball championship belt? Which player? Oh. Um, that's tough because, like, my initial thought is Bryce Harper, right? Yeah. But then that, his team my, to make his team to make the playoffs. So, I mean, all all of Kansas City would be like, oh, hold on a second. Yeah. Um, and at the same time, the Royals don't necessarily have one player that right that I think is your is your guy who has the belt. Um, the Mets certainly don't have the belt. I don't think anyone over there has the belt. I mean, Cespedes probably has some belts and some belt buckles. Right. I don't think he has the championship belt. Um, let's see. Where am I get? Where am I gonna settle on this? It's Bryce Harper, man. I'm, I'm gonna. Answer. I'm gonna. I'm gonna give you sort of a, a. I guess a hot take on this. I'm gonna say, Ned Yost has the belt. Uh, no, I don't, don't like, like that. I don't yeah. like it. I'm not accepting it. <laughs> Wade Davis I, has the belt. I think it's got to be 
well, I, I appreciate the way that you're that you're going at it, but I don't know. I think of it as performance on the field, but also you got to include some of the off the field stuff. And Harper's just a lightning rod, man. Everything he says, he gets attention for it, whether it's good or bad. I feel like that makes him he, he, the belt holder. He's got the belt. All right. I mean, I'm not. But gonna... I don't know. I feel like this is a thing you know we can we can routinely check in on. Yeah. Someone yeah, steals the, the, the belt. belt. <laughs> Josh Donaldson comes along and just has a blazing April and starts talking about bat flips all the time. He could steal the belt. I think I think you could say that that you could make a case that Josh Donaldson has the belt right now. I mean, you could. He, his team made it further into the postseason than Bryce Harper's did. Uh, he, in particular, I think, did not. You know, it's not like he 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 was horrible. You know, or anything. Not like he he made a big goof that that cost them, uh, you know, anything in the postseason. So I mean, you could make a case for Josh Donaldson. Although, um, I mean, I agree. My first thought was Bryce Harper. So, I, well, I guess this whole segment has been me trying to talk myself out of Bryce Harper. <laughs> well, uh, Donaldson, to... Donaldson, a little bit falls into that Royals trap because Jose Batista and Edwin Encarnacion are also really awesome. Yeah, and Troy Tulowitzki. So. I, I could see where that would be difficult. I mean, I, I feel like Carlos Correa is possibly on the verge. He's like the intercontinental belt. Yeah, like if the Astros get off to a great start, he, he could steal the belt. And he's going he's gonna to work his way up to a heavyweight bout. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He's, he's, he's a big-time contender, I think. All right, we'll go with Bryce. Bryce has the belt. And we haven't even mentioned Mike Trout, so there you go. We got a lot of options. Mike Trout is stuck in the middle card because... The writers don't know what to do with him. I mean, that's, that's kind of where Bryce Harper. I mean, where, where Mike Trout is. Yeah. Like all the talent, man. You look at him, you're like, he could be a main eventer, but uh, it's just not, it's just not happening, man. The Angels, Angels are a mess. That's true. All right, so we're giving the belt to Bryce Harper for now. Maybe we'll revisit during the season. I like it. I, I like it a lot. And we're gonna have to. Um, uh, I think we gotta we gotta pay a little bit of a, a head nod to your friends over at. CBS and Ion Baseball because they used to do the the championship belt thing. Uh, Ooh, I, baseball oh, teams. I forgot about that. Yeah, it's a little bit different, that. but but I like that feature a lot. So I want to, you know, give them got to give them a little shout out, man. Shout out to to uh, Matt Snyder and and uh, your internet nemesis Dane Perry. Of course, you hate that guy, don't you? <laughs> I love that guy. <laughs> Not as much as I love you, though. Oh well, thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> This has been the Stew Pod. Thank you guys for hanging out. I, I, you know, I do. I should plug this. If you're listening to the podcast and you don't already know this stuff, come hang out with us on opening day. We're doing live blog, uh, live chat thing all day long, but tons of content um, throughout the weekend too. So we're gonna have all kinds of good stuff going on. Big leagues too. So if, you, if you're one of those people that just listens to the podcast, correct that and come hang out on the site with us uh, as we get ready for baseball. And next time we talk, there'll be actual stats to talk about. Yeah. So really looking forward to it. Yeah, this has been the Stew Pod. We'll see you guys later. Bye bye.